Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We sure do. Welcome back to episode 148. Oh my God, were we ever so young of Mark and Sarah talk about songs. I am Sarah D. Bunting and I am here as always with my fandiferous co-host, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. 148? Why I was born in art six. <laughs> That's 17 art six people. Um, Mark, I believe we have a listener request today. What are we listening to and at whose behest? I want to give a big shout out to our listener, Emily Giordamo, whom we met for the very first time at the Blankenship Chair event on June 1st, where Sarah and I hosted a tournament to determine the most essential pop diva of the 80s. So what up, Emily? Thank you for jumping in at the last minute to help check in guests uh, for some reasons of unexpected chaos that uh, are not worth getting into here, but involved me being sweaty. That's all I'll say. <laughs> and uh, we thank you, Emily. But before all of that went down, we had already decided that we were going to talk about Emily's request to discuss the song Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. And I just think that's a ripping good suggestion. Uh, this song reached number two in the United States in the 80s, and it is performed by one of the most famous in America, at least Australian slash New Zealand hybrid bands of all time. Perhaps the only famous band that features people from Australia and New Zealand in it, as far as I know. Except for Split Ends, which they were all also in. So, so. basically, yeah, one, one, <laughs> yeah. six of one half dozen of another mate. Uh, but Sarah, before we go further, I think we should just enjoy a sample of I was about to say, how do you talk to an angel? Because I, well, now you know a point I'm about to make that I've made in a previous episode. But here we go. Here's Don't Dream It's Over. So I mentioned the song, How Do You Talk to an Angel by The Heights, which we discussed in our episode where we ranked hit single TV themes from 90s shows. Uh, And the reason I bring that up is because the opening guitar riff of that song is a clear ripoff of the opening guitar riff of this song. And Sarah, I would posit that that is the old saying, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery come to life, because this is such a great opening guitar riff to a song that you should rip it off, because who's going to do it better? 
Yeah, I agree. Um, the, this song is such a beaut. I I loved it on not sight, but you know, love it first hearing. Um, I've never stopped loving it. It is not possible, in my opinion, to like overuse it. Uh, this is a like it's a wonderful guitar line, and his voice mirrors it in a way that I think is unique in in pop music and mm. rock music. Um, the bridge is so pretty and well-crafted. Like, I think that if I knew more from a, like, technical, um, theoretical, uh, the major lift standpoint, that I would be able to argue this more uh, completely and successfully. But I think there is an argument to be made by someone smarter and better studied than I that this is, if not the perfect pop song in terms of build Mm. it is in the top five and i just i love this song it's just really like it's it's beautiful it's the perfect length it's like all the parts are the perfect length and work together it's wistful it's pretty i just i love it this is a great song i'm so glad that we get to talk about it and listen to it i completely agree with you about it's inability to get worn out there's just something so enveloping about it and that build is such a big part of it it's it's a journey that i want to be taken on and when neil finn the lead singer goes up into that falsetto range during the chorus it's just so satisfying because it's got that little scratchy tremor of ache in it Mm -hmm. that just i love and i've been thinking a lot as we've been preparing for this episode about the lyrics because I've always loved uh, the fact that there are such strange images in this song, like try to catch the deluge in a paper cup, which yeah. I, I am you that I wanted you to do. Mm. And, this and I song, said, hey, now. <laughs> exactly. Hey, now. This song absolutely falls into that lyrical trap of not making a lot of sense, especially by the end. Uh, <laughs> but I don't really care because there are enough concrete things at the beginning of the song and in the chorus that make it clearly about believing that love will endure obstacles that are put in its way so don't dream that it's over between us great that's all i need i'm good to go we talked about this a bit with no myth uh sometimes a song can be beautiful and make enough sense that you can forgive it some surrealism if you will yes but one of the things that i wanted to explicitly give props to in this song it's so interesting to me is the fact that there are almost no rhymes anywhere in this song and there's like none there is freedom within about that but of course you're right there is freedom within there is freedom without try to catch the deluge in a paper cup there's a battle ahead many battles are lost but you'll never see the end of the road while you're traveling with me that's just prose but it so beautifully scans in this song but i also want to talk about scansion because this is a song where he speeds up the scansion of the last line of the verse basically every time uh like at the end of the third verse when he says get to know the feeling of liberation and release he's like get to know the feeling of liberation and release and in other songs that type of rushed line delivery would make me crazy but there's something about this where it just works and i don't know that i can explain why but i really i'm impressed that he can break the rhyming rule and the scansion rule and make us both be like well that's an all-time classic yeah And 
I'm not sure at this point, at least from my perspective, whether it's like, well, of course it works because we've been hearing it most of our lives. Right. So it's like, oh, well, you know, sprung rhythm. It's just a thing that he does. Like, I I mean, is it because we've heard it so many times that it's like normalized or is it? But I mean, I think it is pretty rare and I, but I think it's not so rare that like it hasn't been attempted and we haven't like shat on it when other people try to do it. Like, I mean, I think there is also an argument to be made that like in other songs where the, um, whole was like less than the sum of the parts that we were like well that didn't work like nice try boo boo um but in in this case like yeah there are lyrics that don't make sense they're unusual like to use free verse is a, a brisk i guess or not like it could be one of those like innocent things that they kind of blundered ahead and did and didn't really Mm -hmm. think about it or it was um by design i suspect it's the latter these were people that had been in bands that were charting for you know half a decade before we ever heard of them here so yeah this i i am like still offended that this did not reach number one what the hell I know. I, it's just... And it better this, have been Miss Madonna in front of them, because well, otherwise it makes no goddamn sense. Come on, you, people. You won't be shocked to know that I do, in fact, know the song that kept this one from reaching number one. I am not shocked. Will it I was be angered? George Michael and Aretha Franklin, I knew you were waiting for me. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I <laughs> that knew you thing? Would... <laughs> I don't like that thing. Oh, <sighs> uh, which we've talked about before, I yes, think. we've. I can't... We have... I can't. Was it the theme of an entire episode, or did we just talk about it in the context of something else? I think we did a whole bunch of George Michael. Oh no, didn't we do like one George? No, we did a George Michael and a what? You know what? I don't remember. But we've definitely we... talked about it, and we also yeah. talked about Aretha Franklin and the Eurythmics together. But that's a separate story. Um, yes. But I do feel like that this is a, the better song and should have gone ahead and crept on up one more slot. Mm-hmm. To be number one. Uh, but, you know, I think that there's also something about this, the, the, there's something about the aching quality of this song that makes me forgive it a lot of its uh, perhaps structural shagginess that we might call it out for in other contexts. The, 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 the emotional ache of this song really feels true to me. And it has that, it's just, just messy enough. And uh, I don't know. I'm into it. I It's almost a song that I like beyond sense, if you will. Yeah. And the fact that it never lost any sustain over the years, it wasn't one of those that like sort of fell away. Like you were just still hearing it on the radio. Like if you were still listening to the radio this whole time, which I kind of have been. Not a lot, but some that you're like, you're still hearing it. Or, like, they're putting it on the end of that old show, Cold Case, or, like, whatever. And you're just yes. like, oh, hey, buddy. Like, it, you, I just never got sick of it. And here's the thing. I, before I started doing the research for this episode, was fucking convinced that this song is in Pretty in Pink. And it had been on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. It is not. No. But to me, 
it is the sound of a John Hughes movie in such a deep, true way that it doesn't matter that it's not in a John Hughes movie. It is mm-hmm. still the sound of Ducky watching Molly Ringwald at the prom, uh, w- Ducky watching Andy at the prom and realizing he will never dance with her. Yeah. Don't dream it's yeah. over, Ducky, but you have to. Yeah. Well, I see the end of the road. And then there's um, the future Buffy, the vampire slayer who wants to dance with you instead. Mm, who then went on to be a crazed Republican and tried to do a staged reading with Dean Cain of a play recently oh, in which she fuck. tried to take down. I forgot about that. Shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Christy Swans. Not uh, sorry. Ew, you should no. be sorry. Take your MAGA ass and <laughs> figure some shit out. Come on. Oh, a pike's not a f- name. It's a fish. Well, you know what so, you are. Did you, how into the rest of their catalog have you historically been? My knowledge of their catalog extends to precisely one more song. Uh, the follow-up hit from them uh, to this single, which was Something So Strong, which peaked at number seven. And it wasn't until this week that I had seen that music video. So for me, Crowded House was really just these two songs. Mm. That's a pity. I don't remember why I ended up buying the eponymous 1987 album that all of this stuff was on. This actually might be there. It might be a greatest hits album by that time. Cause I feel like don't dream it's over was much earlier. Uh, I think it was I like actually the- surprisingly enough. No, it was this album. This uh, don't dream it's over was not although it's hard to believe now, the first single from this album. So the album came out in 86, but then this single didn't really catch on until late 86, early 87. So That's you would have so been hearing weird, it. Cause it just feels, it feels earlier. Like it the difference does. between 84 and 86 just I know. is bit. Anyway, doesn't matter it, um, because pretty in fucking pink came out earlier and this song should have been in that fucking movie. Okay. I'll stop with that. I can't um, change and, the past. And or some kind of wonderful, which it is also, it's not on that soundtrack oh, either. That Stoltz. soundtrack is a fucking banger though um oh stoltz yes please anyway this like there came a point where i wanted to own this song and there was no option but to buy it on cd and rip it into my itunes library rap itunes um and so i just bought the whole album because it was like oh well i know a couple of songs on here like there i think they had another single that like sort of like drowned immediately but i remembered it and liked it and this whole album like there are a couple of songs that are very sophomore year like like this is our take on la llorona like don't do that (laughs) don't please don't do that um but uh or like it's a famous murder case like you're please stop but uh i have owned and loved this album for i don't know how long 20 years probably probably longer um and yeah like i recommend i recommend like if you like these if you like something so strong and you like don't dream it's over i think you would really get a kick out of the rest of the album and well, you were sure as hell right about squeeze so i'm sure you'll be right about this as well i, I will definitely so. listen to it I hope so. Uh, did you pull a clip from Something So Strong? I sure did. And uh, I think that we should listen to that now. Yeah. Why don't we? 
Now that I is just this song a lot better than I th- remembered liking it. Mm. That's sort of a that's sort of a weird thing. Like I don't love that. Um, I don't love the organ that's happening. But there's just something about this song. Again, the build is is expertly done. Yeah, it's just a that song doesn't have the extra sauce that "Don't Dream It's Over" somehow has to become an all time classic. But listening to it, it's always just like, yeah, this is really pleasant. I'm very happy to be listening to this. It kind of has a Dire Straits vibe oh, to me, yeah. which is fine. That's no kick. I got no kick with Dire Straits, <laughs> as I is. love to say about things. You uh, do. Yeah, I, um, I really love that song, too. And one of the things that I was happy to learn when I saw the music video for the first time just a few days ago is that in the 80s, Crowded House were cute. Mm. Like, they were cute. <laughs> yes. Like the guitarist in the crowded house. Yes. On my face. And (laughs) in the video for something so strong, all three of them are doing all of these homoerotic things where they're like getting really close to each other and singing and you think they're going to kiss. And then at the end, one guy puts his hand over the other guy's mouth and then kisses his hand. And that's the kind of shit that, you know, oh, boys, let me give you two beers and see if you'll take it a little bit further. Well, two of them are brothers, so I hope not. Well, they don't have to do that with each other, but no, they can they do don't. it with me. <laughs> <laughs> One of them can run the camera. It's fine. Even though in 1987, I would have been eight or nine, and it e. would have been really, really illegal. We're going yeah, to take adult we're, Mark we're back We're racking up a bunch of felonies with this fanfic. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cover your children's ears, everyone. Yeah, I actually pulled a clip from a song called Tombstone, which uh, I've always loved. It's like the imagery here is of the resurrection, as as you may hear um, in this clip. I'm interested to see what you think of it. Let's listen. From the past, the rumor comes. Don't let it keep dragging you down. Uh, I cut it off there because then you get into a little um, lyrical squashiness that um, didn't show the song as well as I'd hoped. But I think this is another example of Neil Finn's voice being put to perfect use of the harmonies that aren't that are lovely, but not necessarily the expected thing. Um, uh, Just a good beat and a good story that even when it stops making sense, you're like, I'm confused, but I'm still interested. And um, then he really swings for the fences and he's like, and I'm Jesus. Here comes another verse. Like, whoa, where, (laughs) where even are we? Like, but it's a very lighters up, but yeah, but it's not like 
fraught. He's just like, you know, from the past, a rumor comes. Uh, and then it, then he's like, yeah, that's that's rough. But, like, fuck that. Throw it on the fire. Dance around the fire. Let's roll aside this heavy slab and, you know, be reborn as something better and freer. And it's a big swing, but I think it connects. And it's very, I think, t- um, it, there's always that fear that, you ha- I mean, you don't have it now because this is not how we consume music, most of us. But that you would buy the CD and be like, if this is 11 songs and I'm only going to like two, this, yeah, this is going to be a, this is going to be a rocky sled right here. Yes. So it was like very gratifying to find that. I mean, there are a couple of kind of uh, C pluses on on this album, but it was gratifying generally that like the promise of don't dream it's over like it it actually was not over um it, like i did continue on that journey with them and that that song is not atypical of them and that you're not gonna like buy this album and just be like no <laughs> uh yeah i call that the fucking spin doctors syndrome oh. <laughs> or four non-blondes where you're like man yes. that one song is awesome what is the rest of this shit it doesn't even sound like anything oh else. god that spin doctors album which i think i like literally physically opened a window in my dorm room and drop kicked it through <laughs> worst god bless um i do want to also give props to my coworker at aka natalie who is australian who made sure that she told me when she heard that we were doing this episode about a compilation album that came out in 2010 in australia called she will have her way which is an album that features female artists from australia and new zealand covering the songs of uh split ends crowded house the finn brothers and mm-hmm. the Finn solo projects. And uh, it's pretty cool. So you get uh, Natalie Imbruglia d- is on there. Uh, um, Casey Chambers, who is someone that I've heard of. And then a lot of people I haven't heard of. But quite frankly, I think it seems like a pretty cool project. And she said that it was really good. And I looked it up and it uh, is available to listen to. So she will have her way if you'd like to listen to a lot of cool women from New Zealand and Australia covering the music of these folks. Um, I'd also recommend back when we were using LimeWire to download things, because <laughs> I am an ancient but, creature. But Sarah, surely you never did that as it was illegal. No. By we, I meant, you know, not me. Sinners. <laughs> Sinners. Sinners. <laughs> Felons. Um, intellectual property thieves and blackguards. Um, okay, so seriously, uh, I just went on like a LimeWire binge of like everyone in the band and their side projects, and I found this live album featuring Tim Finn, uh, Dave Dobbin, who I'm not familiar with otherwise, and a recent listener who was super excited that we had heard of her. Here, here we are again, Bic Runga, and they're playing just a lot of songs that, you know, there's like no Crowded House songs in the set list, but it's a really good, live albums are not something I love listening to or recommending, but this one sounds very, like the sound is very good, there's not a ton of like crowd interaction happening, and uh, if you can track that down, I definitely recommend that too. 
she has a great voice and it's very similar in timbre to Neil's and well suited to what they're doing. So mm. yeah. Crowded Cherry house, Cola girl. Creaming soda world of crowd of crowded house. <laughs> yeah. I I wouldn't advise stripping to these songs, but you can try it. <laughs> oh, you might find that the house has much less of a crowd in it by the time I've finished stripping. <laughs> Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, a.k.a. me, and Sarah D. Bunting. And it's edited by Sarah D. Bunting as well. Do you want to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at TalkSongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastus, where you can get access to all kinds of cool bonus content and vote in our ranking episodes. Thanks for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.